Hey everyone, welcome to episode 49 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have April Gillum, the Chief Operating Officer, and Melissa Bowman, the Senior VP of Telemedicine at Urgent Care for Kids. Let's waste no time. Let's bring them on. This call is now being recorded. Thanks so much for joining us on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Today I have April and Melissa from Urgent Care for Kids. Very excited to have both of you. How are you doing today? We are doing great. Thank you for having hey. us. Perfect. It's, uh, I heard it's a, a nice day down in Texas, warm. It's freezing here in Boston. I'm very jealous. And uh, <laughs> send some, uh, some, uh, some of that sunshine our way. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> this is a, an exciting time to have both of you on. There's a lot going on in healthcare with COVID-19. And I know Urgent Care for Kids is doing its part to help during all of this. And it's certainly been an interesting time for, for both of you and your business. I would love to hear a little bit, we'll, we'll start with you, April, about your background, and then Melissa, same with you, and uh, we can go into a couple more questions, but we'll keep it very low-key today, and I look forward to learning more about both of you, and also about Urgent Care for Kids. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. Um, so just a really brief background for me, um, I have a degree in biomedical sciences from Texas A&M. And um, I first came into the industry with a great love of customer service. Um, I actually worked in the retail industry um, for Nordstrom from the time that I was 18 until I was 23. And so that really instilled my love of customer service in healthcare right off the bat. Um, I had a few other odd jobs after that, um, just in website management and a few other odd things, but ultimately, I landed at in urgent care for kids in 2013 in marketing and then quickly just um, developed roles from there um, and went over to the operations side and landed um, as the COO in 2015 and have been able to watch the company grow very rapidly in that time. And it's been a very exciting thing for me to be um, with the company when it was really small and growing and facing challenges. Um, and then now to where it's a, a really robust business and also we're facing challenges today. We're facing COVID, um, but seeing how we're just really nimble at, at facing those challenges and facing adversity. Um, so I'm gonna pass it over to Melissa so that she can share her background. Yeah, sure. So like April, I've had a lot of odd jobs, but most of my background has been in the healthcare arena. Uh, I started working at a really young age doing all sorts of things, sterilization, technician work, developing x-rays in a dark room. I even worked as a clinic night janitor for a while. Um, but more in my professional career, I've worked on the business development side of things. Um, I've worked in patient experience and in marketing. And I think those types of experiences have really helped me with how I make decisions today. Um, I'm certainly not afraid to do a little bit of grunt work or contribute to another department if that means it will be more successful. I think we're all, especially at Urgent Care for Kids, just really willing to help out where we're needed. But right now, I oversee the telemedicine department for Urgent Care for Kids as the senior vice president of telemedicine. And that's been extremely exciting for me. We were 
one of the first to adopt virtual care um, at a time when most people in the medical industry were quite hesitant to do so or even maybe starkly against telemedicine as an avenue for patient care. So that's been a um, really, really exciting turn in my career and um, something I really enjoy. Great, thanks so much. So, I, Melissa, I'll, I'll, we'll stick with you for a second here. So you deal with telemedicine sure. at uh, Urgent Care for Kids. Can mm -hmm. you dive more into, I guess, uh, your day-to-day -day and I guess um, what what it all means now, given given COVID-19 mm -hmm. and the, the times that we're in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, our day-to-day has -day really changed. Like April mentioned, um, I mean, our leadership team was really, specifically our founders, they're really innovative, really forward-thinking. And so we've been doing um, telemedicine for a while. This has just been a part of our offering for a while, unlike so many others who are just now kind of coming on. Um, so I would say, you know, a little over, what is it, 100 days ago or so, just nobody was talking about COVID-19. Um, not many healthcare entities offered an option for telemedicine. And so you fast forward three months and here we are, we're, you know, really trying to protect our teams. We're searching for PPE equipment, which I'm sure April will touch on. Um, and really, if you're in the medical industry and you're not offering a virtual care option at this stage, you're, you're going to be left behind because virtual care is here to stay. Um, so our telemedicine team has really exponentially grown here, even just in the last 10 days. I feel like every day we're waking up to news that changes the way that we're doing things. So we've had to expand care to additional states. We're now in 11 states where before we really just served Texas. Uh, we've had to expand our hours because of the demand. We have expanded care to adults because COVID is really affecting more adults than it is children. And pediatrics is really our core business and it's all that we've we were doing previously, but now we've had to expand care to adults and we've had to expand our team members to keep our wait times under a minute, uh, which is something we're really proud of. And then probably most importantly, our most relevant, we've had to start offering COVID-19 pre-screenings um, so that we can direct patients as needed for our drive-through testing at some of our clinics, which again, I'm sure that's more pertinent to April's role, but that's kind of how we we work together a little bit right now is, um, you know, telemedicine is sort of step one or our first line of defense versus, you know, before patients could choose telemedicine or urgent care. And that's still true, but I would say a lot of our patients are really trying to be cautious and trying to utilize virtual care first. Perfect. Thank you. Really appreciate that uh, explanation and uh, kind of what your day-to-day -day looks like and where telehealth comes into play at Urgent Care for Kids. I'd love to transition that back to, to you, April, now to kind of hear more about your role. Um, now that we hear a little bit how the two mesh, and we can go from there. Yeah, so the clinic structure has really fundamentally changed since COVID came on board. And uh, I wanna quote our CEO, Brian. He, he said um, recently, our two month plan became our two week, week plan, which became our two day plan with COVID. And that's really true because, like Melissa said, 100 days ago, nobody was talking about COVID. Um, but, you know, our leadership really pressed because they saw this coming. 
And so we started to prepare, we started to put measures in place a lot earlier than other organizations did. And right now you see organizations either crumbling or they're rising to the top. And so we have just become really nimble in finding solutions and acting quickly for our patients or our employees as well um, to do a few things, to find PPE because the PPE shortage is very real. Um, unless you are a very major hospital system, you cannot find it. And even if you are a major hospital system, you're struggling to find it. So we have been scrapping and clawing to find PPE and we have been successful, but we have been very creative. Um, the other thing is finding tests because finding tests has been very difficult. There's prioritization um, and the acuity levels of patients being seen. So that's another thing that we've just been scrapping and clawing to do. Um, and the other thing is just really understanding the, the patient um, travel patterns. Because of safe social distancing, our, our clinic volumes are lower because more people are using our virtual platform. Um, and so we need to understand how should we staff for that? How should we be prepared also for these, these drive-through tests that we're doing because we are doing drive-through testing? Um, and what does that look like? Um, because our main, our main priority is keeping our employees safe, which also keeps our patients safe. Um, and it's all one ecosystem um, of patient advocacy and, and patient customer service. So that's what we're really looking at. Um, but for us, you know, we're all under one company umbrella. Um, and so virtual care for us is a, a big part of our clinic care right now because they're siphoning those COVID tests to us. They're siphoning appropriate testing to us that needs to happen, whether, you know, sometimes it's a flu or a strep test. So it's, it's all one ecosystem for us, which is really cool because it's, a, it's becoming a medical home for people with our urgent cares, with our family care, with um, telemedicine, with the whole entire um, health system that we're building. Yeah, it's uh, when I first started learning more about urgent care for kids and what you and your team are, are doing over there. I have to have both April and Melissa on the podcast to talk more about this, especially given the times that we're in. I would like this next question to be for both of you and you can kind of switch off, take turns, whichever way you want it to go. How, how do you feel COVID-19 will end up affecting the healthcare landscape as we move forward and get through this? Melissa, do you want to tackle this one first? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think I think a year from now, we, we can expect to be interviewing prospective employees and hear the question, well, how did you handle the COVID-19 pandemic? Because I think that's a really valid question as a potential employee. Um, you know, how are we responding to this crisis as it relates to the health and safety of our team who's on the front lines? And, and how are we protecting our patients and their families? Um, so I think that the way that teams are handling it today and, and what they're doing to really expand their care and serve more patients and really um, serve their communities and um, just generally be there for their their team, um, that will really have a, a lasting impact. And also, um, I do think, like I mentioned, virtual care is here to stay. It's, it's something that is such an amazing resource, not only for those in rural areas, but also for those uh, high-risk 
families that um, you know may may be immunocompromised or um, may even have a difficult time um, having the funds for an in-person visit because virtual care is more affordable. So I do think that uh, it is here to stay, and the organizations that adopt it quickly and uh, uh, implement it really, really well will will do well in the future. Great, thank you. And to, to add on that, I, I think that you'll just see this fundamental shift in the socialization of medicine. There's always going to have to be a physical element to some portions of healthcare. There's always going to have to be some portions of healthcare that, you know, a provider is going to have to palpate a, a patient and imaging is going to have to happen where, you know, two people are going to have to interact. But there's so much of healthcare that can be done via telemedicine, and that's where there's going to be a new balance between, you know, the clinics that I manage and the virtual care that Melissa manages. And that's where we're really going to see how that plays out and how that balance is going to be restructured in the future. And time will really tell, but I think it's going to be very interesting for us in the industry to see how that rebalances after COVID-19 ends, or not ends, it's always going to be a thing now, um, but after this crisis point ends. Absolutely. Great. Thank you both for that. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to, I mean, I think we'll continue to see a, a mix of leveraging telehealth services and also the other offerings that are out there today, I, I do think we're going to start to see, I think it took a pandemic for telehealth adoption to really go to the next level, which I mean, if there is a positive out of this, I guess that's one of the positives that came out of this. Uh, it's sad that certain innovation in healthcare, it takes a pandemic for it to actually happen, right? But um, yeah, you're, you're seeing a lot of uh, telehealth companies do really well right now and being able to offer patients um, who maybe aren't that sick, uh, a service from their from their home where they don't have to go in and potentially risk the, you know risk getting sick is um, is huge, especially during you know, these times. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree. So, what what do you feel is um, a good next step for urgent care for kids. Um, and I know there's certain things you can't speak upon, uh, what's it called, you know, your strategic plans or anything like that. But I know, Melissa, when you and I spoke the other day, you were telling me more about uh, how you're leveraging telehealth in, in schools. Um, is there any plans to expand upon that? I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, um, that's been something that we've been doing for a little bit now, and um, it's really an amazing program because essentially you're able to place uh, telemedicine equipment in the school health rooms of schools, and that allows for um, immediate care to be accessible for students in a school. They're not having to wait for a parent to come pick them up and then schedule a doctor's visit and then be out of school. Uh, it really is, it kind of speeds up the process for everybody and allows children to have more immediate care. And it also just kind of makes it um, easier for the parents, um, helps with attendance as well, which is I think really, really impactful. 
So we're seeing is a lot of um, large school districts are moving towards this. And I think that will be a huge part of, uh, of this as well, because you can identify um, ailments more quickly. Which is, uh, we all know uh, the faster you are with that, the, the more quickly you can prevent uh, outbreaks and um, really, you know, situations that we've, we've seen come to fruition here today. And on the urgent care side, I don't know, April, do you want to expand on that piece? As far as the COVID or as far as, you know, what, what we're able to, to do in the future? I think just more able to do in the future is kind of what he was. Yeah, able to do in the future. Um, and again, speak what you can speak about. I realize there's certain things that remain internal, but um, yeah. I, I think uh, the audience and myself would be interested in kind of hearing more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that we're always looking for opportunities to expand and you could see us expand our physical footprint here in the next 12 months. Um, that's something that we're always looking to do. We, we grew by pretty much twice the size in 2019. So that's something that you could always see us do. Um, we're always looking for opportunities there. Um, and then you could also see us expand our services. We're, we're looking at some opportunities to expand services, just like we expanded our services um, in telehealth. And so that's something that we're always looking to do for for the best interest of our, our patients and our patients' families. Um, again, we're very nimble as a business. We're always looking for what's in the best interest of our patients. And so that's what you're gonna see from the clinics um, as well as from telemedicine. Great. Okay, perfect. Um, very helpful. Thank you both for sharing that. Well, uh, I, I just wanna thank both of you really for, for coming on the podcast and I really like the format that we do this in, right? It's kind of like, we're just hopping on a call and that's been a lot of the feedback uh, we've gotten from listeners is it's it's super easy to listen to. You can listen to it in your car. Right now you really can't do that. You listen to it at home, but really appreciate both of you coming on, telling us more about Urgent Care for Kids and your roles within the company. And uh, hopefully we can all stay in touch. Look forward to you know continuing to follow the, the progress of Urgent Care for Kids. All right, thank you. Awesome, thank you so much. Okay, both of you be safe and enjoy the, the nice weather. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is unlocking healthcare professional data, making it easily shareable. They want to make life easier for healthcare professionals and organizations so that they can focus on tasks like providing the best care possible to patients. Block Health leverages their smart universal common application and blockchain technology to streamline many of the tasks that healthcare professionals and organizations must engage in, like primary source verification, provider enrollment, state licensing, state license renewals, DEA registration, DEA renewals, and much more. They do all of this through their easy to use platform. If you would like to learn more about Block Health, please check out their website at www.blochealth.com. Thanks.
Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.